the most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And to all of those that would like to destroy the future of the greatest country in the world, our message to them is the same as my grandfather's. Them that's going, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, get out of the way. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. We want you to be better informed and inspired to make this a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman, how you doing today? I'm great. I understand that you actually went to Senator Isaacson's office for a little breaking news. Yeah, a few minutes ago, Senator Johnny Isaacson of Georgia, one of your home state senators, summoned us over on a very short notice and Uh, We wondered what it was about the senator revealing today that he is suffering from Parkinson's disease, but he told me and a few other reporters that he believes and his doctors believe his prognosis is good and that he still plans to run for re-election in 2016. He said that he was diagnosed two and a half years ago, only told his children about a month ago, and told his senior staff at about the same time as well and has now made it public, even though he's he's made it clear before then he was going to run for re-election. I have to say that I have asked his staff several times, his senior staff, if the senator was all right, mainly because uh, my mother a few years ago uh, got sick with uh, uh, a rare form of ALS and dementia, and right. I just was worried at various times when I saw the senator. His, uh, I remarked to some of my colleagues just last week that his gait seemed very, very slow. He says that uh, that is part of what he's run into, that he's doing physical therapy. He's 70 years old. It raises the question, if you're 70 and you have Parkinson's, uh, is it better to not run for re-election and take care of yourself? He says he can do both. We'll see whether or not uh, there's any murmurs about that in the weeks ahead. Well, there probably will be uh, some murmurs. So, you know, first of all, we pray that he's going to be, you know, comforted. He's going to do well and handle it and this sort of thing. I'll tell you, his mind is sharp as a tack still. And if you listen to the audio from my interview with him, you would not know that anything is wrong. Right. Uh, But looking at him in person, you do notice that... He moves a bit slower, and yeah. I've noticed that for several years. Right. Uh, he did have back surgery last year, which seemed to be part of it. So, yeah, that's a, he said he in, informed the Senate Majority Leader yesterday and was uh, letting that news out today in a meeting with uh, reporters today. So, you know, uh, one of the things I always worry about, I often uh, say ruefully that um, my uh, the subtitle of any book I write about Capitol Hill could be one term too many, and I hope that's uh, not the truth here. But Senator Isaacson saying he feels good. What was his quote? He used to quote a riff uh, on uh, Richard Nixon, saying he's tanned, rested, and ready to go in 2016. We'll see, though, if this news draws any interest about somebody who might want to challenge Senator Isaacson on the Republican side in the state of Georgia. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Well, we wish him well. Now... There's a little bit of confusion, at least in the minds of some people, about trade, yes, sir. fast track, 
and something called the Trade Review Accountability Act. Those are two separate things. There are a series of different trade bills that will be voted on. The basics of this is is that the Congress is being asked to approve what's called fast-track legislation. What that does, and it's been done for years for both Republican and Democratic presidents, it allows an administration to negotiate a trade deal, and then it means that when the deal comes before the Congress, it comes in, and no amendments are allowed to it. It's just a straight up or down vote. So the deal that's being negotiated right now with a group of uh, Asian and Pacific nations, which I think is probably very close to being finished, if this uh, plan is approved by the House of Representatives, and they could vote as early as uh, this week, as Friday, if that's approved, then the only thing that happens is that trade agreement would then at some time be finalized. It would then be made public. Everybody would be able to see it. I think there's a 60-day mandatory review before right. any vote could take place. Right. And then it would go to the floors of the House and Senate. If it gets a majority, it would be approved. If it's defeated by one or both houses, it would not be approved. So I, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that by voting for the fast-track trade bill that you're approving what the president has done and that you can't see it, that I don't believe is really a true, factually true statement, because the Congress will still get to see what, and the American people, frankly, will still get to see whatever is in this trade agreement, and then the elected lawmakers in both the House and Senate can make their determination after that as to whether or not they want to vote for it. Right. But, but right now, do both houses have up or down uh, approval authority? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the president could bring a trade agreement and give that to the Congress. The Congress, though, would have the right to amend it. I guess I'd just ask you, think about it. If you're if you're running a, a trade negotiation and you go out and cut this deal with all kinds of other countries and then you bring it back and do you want 535 members changing it and then you'd have to go back and renegotiate it. So, yeah, I mean, that authority is there for the president right now. All this does is it expedites the whole process, sets up a framework for the Congress to review whatever the trade deal is, and then a allows them to vote up or down on it without any amendments. They would not be allowed to change it in any way. So, if you want to vote it down, you still have the right to vote it down. If you want to vote for it, you still have the right to do it. Nothing gets automatically approved by the approval of this fast-track legislation. The last time it was approved was during the Bush administration, the George W. Bush administration. As now, back as it was back then, it was very controversial and only made it through the House of Representatives by a few votes. Same kind of thing was happening. There were some, uh, there were a lot of Democrats opposed. Labor was opposed. Business and Republicans were mainly supportive, but there were some Republicans who didn't like the idea, and we're seeing sort of a familiar formula with that now. I talked to a number of uh, Republicans about it last night off the floor of the House of Representatives. And look, there are some GOP lawmakers who don't trust this president and this administration on anything. They don't, you know, they don't want to give them uh, the right to do this. But, you know, they have the power to negotiate a trade deal anyway. All this does is set the ground rules for how the Congress will, uh, will vote on it in an up or down manner. Got it. What about the TSA hearings? Yeah, the uh, yesterday we talked to you about the the hearings with the internal investigator, the uh, the inspector general, as well as several whistleblowers that had just gotten underway, and now today who's before senators, but, but the uh, the guy who's been tapped by the president to take over as the new head of the TSA. Let me grab some of my notes on today's hearing and yesterday. What was interesting about yesterday was the, the, the obvious unsettled feeling of the inspector general.
general and of several of the whistleblowers that they feel like that the TSA has a series of security vulnerabilities in terms of airport security and airport screening that simply have not been addressed. One Senator, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, Herman talked about how he thinks that the airport checks have become mainly security theater because of these uh, uh, secret uh, undercover reviews that found almost uh, 95 percent of the weapons and explosives that were uh, put up there, fake, mind you, but were put on the, 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 the belt in carry-on luggage, were not detected by TSA workers. And also uh, the questions about uh, people, uh, airlines and airports hiring people that had maybe possible links to terrorism that went uncovered by the TSA. So a lot of hand-wringing and a lot of worry. The new guy is the number two official right now at the Coast Guard. He assured lawmakers that he understood that uh, these test results were disturbing, that he wants to see if they can improve on some of this and figure out ways to improve the security without obviously making the lines go nowhere. And that was what one of the uh, one of the whistleblowers said yesterday, was that with all the guff they get from travelers and from the airports about how long the lines are, sometimes they just speed the lines up which in a sense then makes it that much more difficult to find anything that maybe shouldn't be in the carry-on luggage. The one thing, though, that I heard from one senator today, which was an interesting take on it, is despite all of the, the troubles inside the TSA, despite the red flags, uh, you know, nothing has happened since 9-11. And, you know, that is true. Uh, but at the same time, I think there is a lot of concern about security gaps and whether or not they're really being addressed by the, uh, by, uh, by the TSA. Well... And, and I would agree with that, you know. The good news is we haven't had another incident like 9-11 since they put the TSA in. But I travel a lot and fly a lot, and I can't get a, if I leave a bottle of water in my briefcase, they'd find it. You're going to tell me they can't find a gun? or another weapon. This this is what's so confusing about this. Well, it was interesting because they were talking yesterday, you know, the metal detectors will find some things that you're not supposed to bring on. Yeah. That machine where you go in, you stand up, you raise your hands, and yeah. it whirs around you. Yeah. That thing is supposed to find other stuff that the metal detectors can't find. And so there was one senator that said, you know what, we should be having everybody go through both of those. Yeah. And uh, even the, the new guy today, and I think he will be uh, approved at some point, he said something to the effect of uh, maybe we need, i got to go back and listen to this soundbite. I haven't had the chance to. He said something to the effect of maybe we need to introduce some inconveniences in all of this. In, in other words, uh, slow the lines down some. And, of course, airports, We're already inconvenienced. airports and travelers don't want to hear that. <laughs> but if 95% of stuff is getting through that shouldn't get through, then that also raises some red flags as well. I don't think that's working on the right problem to say that we need to introduce some inconveniences. Let's hope that him going in new, or her, it's a him, right? Going uh, yes. in would, uh, would try to work on the right problems. Just making it more inconvenient for people isn't going to solve the problem. So we'll see and let's hope. But, you know, we were optimistic, optimistic about Robert McDonald relative to the VA. You know, I think that we're in a situation where uh, the VA is sort of a similar thing. They're, they're in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. But obviously the TSA, you know, uh, both, th both of the things, veterans care and airport security are something that many Americans can identify with, and they understand it. It's not some theoretical thing about the Social Security lockbox or something like that. They get it, what it's all about. And I, I think that's why the TSA gets such 
a uh, dose of, of, of guff from members of Congress and the general public is they know what should be uh, people should be looking for, and sometimes the TSA doesn't seem to be on the right track. Very good. Any more talk about the president's statement about not having an ISIS strategy? Yeah, I mean, I looked at yesterday, the State Department and the White House uh, tried to walk that back, saying what yep. he's talking about. You know, it's the it's the Iranians that haven't figured out this and that. You know, I think what the overwhelming uh, feeling is, is that when you get down to it, Republicans really look at the administration and say, you really just don't want to get that involved. You really just don't want to bring American force to bear. And the president's been very clear about this. He does not want to start a new war, in a sense, in Iraq. Uh, and, and that's why we have not seen, other than some SEAL team-type things, you know, commando-type raids, we haven't seen a big introduction of U.S. ground forces or anything like that. Yes, there are advisors over there, and there may be more that are going, but they're not on the front lines doing the fighting or anything like that. And there is a reluctance of, uh, you know, on the part of this administration, rightly or wrongly, you can make that determination uh, yourself as to whether or not you think it's the right thing to do. But, uh, you know, they it's clear they don't want to ratchet this up into something uh, that could get larger. Now, at the same time, that may not be the most effective way to battle the Islamic State. You got it. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Cain brings it to you every day, every day. on the radio and at HermanCain.com. Coming up, rapid fire, 877-310-2100. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.